bring a teaching to you that is kind of a classic teaching of Christ Community Church. It's a word that we've had here for years. It's something we give to our new members, and it is a theme within our body uh, of Christ Community Church, and it's, it's a theme of my ministry, and uh, it is this, consumer or producer. Are you a consumer or a producer? So we're going to review that today in one easy lesson, all right? so that you're motivated to become a producer for the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know that we live in a consumerism society? Every one of you has been well-trained in consumerism. You are very good consumers, and what happens is it, it spills into our, our spiritual walk and our spiritual life. And so let's go through this. Let me help you understand what the difference is between a consumer and a producer. So let's define the terms. A consumer is one who survives by eating, consumption. You have to have something from somebody else to exist. And so consumers have to eat and have to feed off of other things. All right? Now, a producer produces life. They produce a byproduct because they're being fed from the vine. They're being given life, and through that life, life comes from them. They're not seeking to gain, they're seeking to give. And that's a key difference, amen? And it's vital in a church. We're using this as an analogy for our spiritual life, consumer or producer. There's also a decomposer in the realm of nature. How many of you know what a decomposer is? That's something that survives off of the death of something else. Does that sound like somebody in the spirit realm? Someone who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He exists to decompose and get his satisfaction off of that which decomposes. Have you ever met anybody like that? You don't have to answer that. All right, we're going to have a little fun quiz here. You have to identify whether this is a consumer producer or decomposer what do you think consumer producer what do you think this is producer why do you say producer oh you see seeds yes those who produce give life life is in the seed sure yeah that's a producer everybody's getting hungry all morning all right how about this one producer consumer consumer why, why do you think that yeah, because it's a dog. All right, he's stealing stuff. Consumers will try and get whatever they need to get wherever they can get it from. How many of you know that? That's a consumer mentality. I need to get it. I got to have it, right? Some of you know this. We all know it. It's called the flesh. It's a consumer. You can never satisfy the flesh, right? All right, how about this one? Consumer, producer, what do you think? Consumer. Yeah, ravishes after what it gets. It has to kill, man. It's got to get what it gets, right? Even there are believers who try to get where they need to get, and they'll step on anybody, and that's just a consumer mentality. It says if we humble ourselves, the Lord will lift us up. All right, consumer, huh? producer, what do you think? I tricked you. It's a decomposer. It lives off the death of other things. All right, there's many demonic spirits that live off the death. They want to produce death. They grow in strength by killing, stealing, and robbing. Okay, and so they decompose. How about this one? Producer, consumer, 
Yeah, that's easy. That's a producer. Brings life, brings flavor. You know, producers bring flavor to things. They bring life, they bring joy, they bring satisfaction, and they flavor life. We're to be producers. We're to come in and bring the good juices of God in people's lives. Amen? All right, consumer, producer, what do you think? That's, yeah, I tricked you. It's a consumer. Consumer. How cute the consumer, right? Unless that's your ear of corn that you've been trying to grow all year. You don't appreciate that little consumer. Consumer stuff, stuff, stuff. Got to have more. Got to get more. I need more. All right? And that's a consumer, that never satisfying consumption. Got to have more. All right? What do you think? Consumer producer? Could be, this could be a, a micro shot of something. It's, yeah, producer. Wheat. We produce. And what we produce brings a byproduct. And what brings a byproduct that you can produce other byproducts from wheat creates so many things that we eat and enjoy. Amen? All right, here's another one. Yeah, we already know this one. Yeah, that's a consumer. We understand that. All right, there's, there's some people who will do anything in their consumption. And some of you used to be consumers that had to consume How many of you remember a life before Jesus where you were this kind of a consumer? It didn't matter what you did to other people as long as you were satisfied. And and many of us were like that. Many, again, have to get, we would take even from, uh, steal from people we loved and cared about, and we would even hurt people we loved and cared about, but we had to do what we had to do because that's consumerism. And it breeds that sense of having to have it our way. What about this one? This is a unique one. Producer, consumer, decomposer? Decomposer, yeah. Yeah, they live off the death of others. That worm, that enemy, and it just has to have where things... uh, It's not good for that decomposer until there is something failing, and then it thrives. Some people actually like decomposing. It gives them value, and and that's kind of a weird thing. What about this one? Consumer producer? Uh-oh. Yeah, that's where it all started. Where did this begin? Where did this begin? This consumer producer thing in creation. At creation, we see the differentiation between a consumer and a producer and what God intended for us to be. If you'll remember, He created man and woman. Genesis 1.28 says this to man and woman, be fruitful, right? And multiply and fill the earth and have dominion. God created us to be producers. He said, all that you need, if you'll sustain in me, is provided for you in food from all that is in the earth, all the vines, all the fruits, and all that. You will not lack anything. You don't need to consume to survive. In fact, quite the opposite. You are living to produce. That is a fruitful life. Anything you need is yours. Take and eat, but you're to have dominion, have authority, be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful and multiply. This is the gospel. Be fruitful and multiply. This is what God wants us to do. But something happened. They wanted to consume something, didn't they? 
Yeah, the decomposer came in, the decomposer being Satan who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And as the decomposer came in, he provoked Eve to become a consumer. So she took the fruit that she wasn't supposed to and ate it and gave some to her husband and he ate it as well. And man fell into consumption. We've got to have it. And so they left the provision of God to become producers to now have to survive as consumers. And in the fall of man, self is now what motivates us and that flesh life always has to consume to survive because we're under a spirit of death. And so we have to consume, we have to consume, we have to consume. But thanks, thanks be to God for what He did. For Jesus came to give what? Life and life abundantly. And He put His Spirit in us to reconnect us back to the vine so that we would be what, once again? Producers. To become producers once again. That's what Jesus wants. He wants us reattached to the vine to produce. Now, here's the big question. What are we supposed to produce? What are we supposed to produce? Life, yeah. But who are we connected to now? Jesus. And He is the vine. He is the very vine of God. And so what we're supposed to be producing is the life of God. The life of God is to come out of us. You see, before, without having that life, we were never satisfied. We had to replace life because it left us. And so we had to consume for life. But now that Jesus is in us, there's a river of life. We're connected to the vine. And there is fruit that comes from the vine and the life of God. And that life flows out of us. How many of you know your neighbors need life? The people you work with need life. They're trying to consume. They need life. And you produce it. You produce it. You produce the very life of God's nature. That's awesome. What did God put in us? Anybody know? Yeah, thank you. The Holy Spirit. God put His own Spirit in us. Now, Holy Spirit is not His name. You've heard me share this many times. Some of you you thought, Pastor, I know all this stuff. I know. Teach it to someone else. Learn it again so you get it right and teach it to other people now, okay? Some of you, this is the first time you've heard it. But many people feel that Holy Spirit is His name. Holy is His first name. Spirit's His last name. And that's not true. Holy is not a name. It's an attribute. Spirit is not a name. It's a description. If He's a spirit, what is He? He doesn't have a body. All right, so he's the spirit. And what attribute is he? Holiness. He is the spirit of holiness. So what did God put in you? The spirit of what? Holiness. And I like to reverse it like that. You know that I always teach this. I want you to refer to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of holiness. Say this, I have the Holy Spirit. Spirit. We like that. We think of him as a person and he is. But now say it this way, I have the spirit of holiness. What happens to you when you flip that name? The responsibility is in you now. I have the spirit of holiness. I have the spirit of holiness. Therefore, what should I be producing? Holiness. Right, holiness. So we're producing holiness. Now, what is holiness? There's the definition. How do we produce holiness? How do we produce holiness? We tell people what they shouldn't do. 
That's the job of the Christian church. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Don't do drugs. Don't have sex out of marriage. Don't do this. That's producing holiness, isn't it? No, it's not. That's not producing anything. That's not producing anything. What are we to produce? The life of God. What is that holiness? If we could have a description. Holiness, okay, so, so what we want is to produce life. And, and how does an apple tree produce life? What, what does it grow? What do apple trees grow? Fruit. What is the fruit of an apple tree? This is not that hard, people. I even have an illustration here. What is the fruit of an apple tree? What is the fruit of an orange tree? What is the nature of an orange tree? Oranges. Yeah, what's the nature of an apple tree? Apples. What's the nature of the spirit of holiness? Yeah. So if we could have a list of the very fruit of God's nature, we'd be in good shape, wouldn't we? What is the fruit of God's nature? You find a list in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Christians read this and think, these are nice things, and we're missing it by a mile. This is exactly why you're on earth. This is the fruit, the life of the spirit of holiness coming out. This is holiness. The church doesn't understand the definition of holiness. We think holiness is not sinning. That is not holiness. Do you know that there are a lot of people who don't sin? Well, they don't realize that they're sin. Do you know there's a lot of Buddhist monks that don't smoke, drink, have illicit sex, uh, get into drugs? Are they holy? Well, the world would say they're holy. But to God, are they holy? No, because in their nature, they're still in Adam, and all who are in Adam are sinners. It's not what you abstain from that makes you holy. All right? You're producing nothing. You could sit in your house, lock the windows, close the door, have no TVs, have no internet, have nothing, play pretty music, and exist trying not to sin, and you'd still be a sinner. Because by nature, you're a sinner. The only way you can stop sinning is to get out of Adam and be put into Christ so that he brings the spirit of holiness into you. Only born-again believers are holy. And what are we to be producing? Life, the fruit of God's holiness, which is listed right here. Galatians 5, 22. Let me list it to you. This is what holiness is. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control or the control of self. And against these things there is no law. That's holiness. And for the most part, the church doesn't understand holiness. We don't realize this is exactly what we should be producing. We should be producing we're policing everybody thinking that's holiness while we're producing nothing. Right? I don't do this. You ask a lot of Christians, are you holy? They'll go, well, I don't do this, I don't do that, and I don't do this. Yeah, well, what have you produced that's holy? Well, uh, I'm a nice guy. We'll ask your wife about that. All right. Spirit. 
The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of holiness is love. Now this is the very nature of God. God is love, God is joy, God is peace, God is patient, God is kind, God is good, God is faithful, God is gentle, and God has complete self-control. That's what we're to be producing. That's our fruit, that's our byproduct, that's being a producer. We look at this list as consumers. I'd like love, yes, I'd like some peace, I'll take two kindness, I'll take three goodness, four faithfulness, and could I have a little self-control on top? That's how we look at it. We want it, yeah, give it to me. And God says, you got it, it's in you. The very virtue of my nature is in you to produce. Somebody let it loose. And so that's what it is. Now, I love this last phrase, against such things there is no law. In other words, you can't legislate this stuff. This is not legislated, all right? But God commands us to love our enemies. Yeah, but you have to produce it. It's got to come out of you, all right? I can't make you be kind. Look, be kind. I demand you be kind. You have to produce it. You see what I mean? There's no law to make it function. And uh, secondly, you can't be condemned by it. You can't go wrong with these things. You can't go wrong with, with goodness, love, and kindness, as measured out by God. And so you can't produce them by law. They can't be legislated. They have to be birthed. They have to bear fruit from God's own Spirit upon you. Now, it's not produced. So therefore, we can't legislate. And this is what we do so many times with new converts, with believers. As churches, we say we're a holiness church. Pentecostals come from a holiness background. Do you know what a holiness background is? All right, the holiness movement, all right, the, the Wesleyan, uh, Nazarene, this, this whole type of holiness movement was you were holy, and we had to be holy. And if you ever see pictures, old pictures of holiness churches, they're all like this. <laughs> really miserable people. <laughs> and they produce a lot of misery on people's lives. Now, now, this isn't sloppy grace, love, joy, peace. This is, this is the very life of God. This is not giving tolerance to sin. This is saying, I've got something better than sin. Let me give you an example of how the world pictures this stuff. They substitute the very fruit of God. And the world is consuming because how many of you know this? This is a crazy idea. But the world is hungry for holiness. They don't know it. They don't know it's called that. And the church is supposed to teach them that, but the church has been yelling at them. Stop it. Don't do this. God hates you if you do this. Don't do that. And, and so we pretend to be holy. How many of you heard the quote of the pastor? After the 50 people were, were killed in that gay bar, a, a pastor uh, is on the news and everything. He, his quote was, it's too bad more of them didn't get killed. Yeah, now that bears the fruit of what? That's a decomposer right there, I'm telling you, man. Fifty souls that if they don't know Jesus are going to hell. We don't delight. In fact, God doesn't. I don't know what this preacher, he didn't even read the book of Isaiah. He says, God does not delight. No, it's Ezekiel. God does not delight in the death of the wicked. I mean, okay, if, if a sinner dies, God doesn't delight in this. Neither should we. 
So what is the church producing? The world wants, they don't even realize that, that they need holiness. They want holiness. They're craving holiness. Pastor, how do you say that? They're out there sinning. They're substituting what they're longing for. Who out there doesn't want pure love? Who out there doesn't want peace? Who in the world doesn't want joy? They're so hungry for it, they're so craving for it, that they create substitutes. So instead of love, they seek lust. Because they don't know the difference, and that's the only way they express it. They're spiritually dead, so they don't understand spiritual love, so they go for physical. And so they substitute joy for humor. Somebody make me laugh. Movies and comics and comedians, they don't have joy in their life, so they have to substitute it. And so they consume this because they don't realize they're hungering for holiness. And so they want peace, so they self-medicate. I need peace. i got to calm down. I feel better now. We laugh at that, but look at, we're the ones holding the goods. We've got the peace they need. And instead of giving them the peace of Christ, we give them a peace of our mind. Produce Jesus. Instead of patience, they have self-justification. Well, I needed that because of this. I'm not going to wait for this because I have to have that. We self-justify instead of patiently waiting. Right? Kindness. They define kindness as tolerance. What I do, I do. What you do, you do. Just, let's just keep that. Kindness. You know, kindness can be telling the truth in love and saying, you know what, I, I, I can't. I have to let you know out of kindness and out of love that what you're doing is hurting yourself. Hey, keep it to yourself. I'm showing kindness. Oh, goodness. The world defines goodness as, well, it's the best I can do. It's not good enough, is it? And none of our goodness is good enough. Where does goodness for us come from? God's goodness in us, amen. Faithfulness. Well, if it works for me, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there at 6 if, I, if it works for me. People are undependable. I, I, I was down at a, a paint plant, uh, I don't know, down near Detroit, picking up our, our playground equipment, and the guy said, I can't keep anybody working. I get them a job, but they won't show up for work. They're, they're not faithful, because if it works for me today, it's not working for me. I'm not going to go in. It's where a lot of people are at. Kind of sounds like church volunteers. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that with my outside voice? <laughs> where are we supposed to get our faithfulness from? God. Was he faithful? And so what are we supposed to produce? His faithfulness. It's not about you. It's about him. You're a bearer of his identity. Because you hold his nature, and we're to be producing that nature. Does this make sense to you? Gentleness. I put a little sign language up there. The world's eye for an eye. Yeah. That's their type of gentleness. You do this to me, I'll do it right back to you. And then last of all, self-control. The control of self. How does the world define that? I'm on a diet. 
I'll do it for so long. Because the world can only diet so long. We can only control ourselves for so long. And how many of you realize that when I've listed the substitutes, that as believers, we've substituted the same thing into the church? We really have. We're still, what we've become is sanctified consumers. Now we're blessed consumers. And, and we act as consumers in the church. We, we really do. And so, the Christian consumer, what do they look like? The Christian consumer is, you know, I like what you've done to the church, but it's, I don't like this, and I, I don't like that, and I don't like this. I'd rather have that, and could we please have this? And the music was nice, but I didn't like the guy on the left. And could you turn the drums down? Or could you do this? I was talking to my barber yesterday. I got a haircut. And uh, he's a pastor at, a, at another church too. And, and he was telling me about a, a, a conversation he had with a guy who was leaving his church because it was failing. Because there were no young people and it wasn't being passed on to another generation. And uh, the church was beginning to close. And he said, hey, uh, guy's name is Rob. Hey, Rob, I'm thinking of coming to your church. And he said, but I got to tell you, he said, um, I like fiery preachers who really preach the word strong and hard. Um, I like pews. I don't like chairs. I like hymns. I don't like any choruses. And, and so um, what do you think? Should I come to your church? And, and Rob said, you know what? Could I, be, could I be as honest as I can? He said, yeah. And he said, why don't you just go find another dying church? Oops. What was the guy being? A consumer. We want God adjusted to what we like, and then we sanctify it. There are so many, you know, we complain about Israel worshiping golden calves. You know how many golden calves we have? We're to be producing, folks, not consuming. We're to be producing. Let's get productive in the kingdom of God. And what does a productive Christian look like? Right? It, 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 as sanctified consumers, we want everything to revolve around us. We have our likes, our dislikes, and our motivation is self. You know how many Christians are self-motivated, selfishly motivated? Yeah, I just don't want to do that. I just don't want to try this. I don't want to do that. It's inconvenient and this and that, right? The Lord would nudge you to witness to somebody, mm, yeah, I'm a little shy. I don't think I can. You're a container of God's holiness you're a container of god's nature and presence somebody needs it turn it on let it loose now he's designed you to be a unique person so let it go let it freely produce what does a christian producer look like life in the vine you're connected to jesus so you feel like jesus you're motivated like jesus you act like jesus you talk like jesus and guess what you produce the fruit of Jesus. And so healthy Christian producers, they produce life. They produce life. Let me go back to the Christian consumer. I missed something I wanted to talk about, and that's this. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13, will you? And Paul identifies Christian consumers. 1 Corinthians 13. Christian consumer, you know what 1 Corinthians 13 is. Half of you have it memorized, right? What, what chapter is it? The 
love chapter. It's the love chapter, right? Okay? It's the love chapter. So 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, and what is love? The fruit, uh, very good, of God, right? So what Paul does now with this is he qualifies spiritual gifts with the fruit of God's nature. Because the gifts of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. God gives gifts. And you can have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you can use the gifts of the Holy Spirit with the wrong nature. Oh, can you? Yeah, you can watch it on TV all the time. So what Paul is talking to are consumerist Christians. Because he's saying, all you spiritual Corinthians who speak in tongues, who prophesy, who are so, you have the Lord's Supper, and he said, 1 Corinthians 11, their communion services were so bad, he basically said, would you please just stay home? Can you imagine going to a church where, where the Lord says, I don't want you here. <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? So, so Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13, begins to let them understand we don't want any consumer Christians. We don't want you coming here to show off your gifts. We don't want you here to be all excited about what you got, but not producing what God has. And so he says this about Christian consumerism. He says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm noisy as a gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I sound like nothing. I sound like nothing. Just a bunch of noise. All right? But wait, he's speaking in tongues. He says, yeah, but if it's not motivated out of the nature of God... It sounds like nothing. He goes on, he says, If I have prophetic powers, understandings of all mysteries and knowledge, if I have all faith to move mountains, and I don't have love, I am nothing. Ooh, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? I sound like nothing, and I am nothing. So you can have vocal gifts, but if they're not produced out of the nature of God's Spirit, They don't sound like anything. You can have spiritual gifts that move mountains of faith and prophecies and and laying in hands of sick and they recover, but you are representing nothing if you're doing it out of yourself. He says, if I give away all that I have and I deliver my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. See, the consumer Christian... Sounds like nothing, has nothing, and has gained nothing. I just read it to you. I didn't make that up. That's what Paul's saying. You weren't born again just to get you from hell. Right? That's what we talk about. Now you're saved. Oh, thank God I'm not going to hell. Good. Now what are you going to do with it? Right? Survive. I'll learn how to speak in tongues and I'll learn how to prophesy and I'll give things away. Those are all good things. Aren't they all good? But if they're not motivated out of the nature of Christ, they're motivated out of you and you're gaining, consuming praise, honor, esteem. People don't do that in church, do they? So our motivation is behind everything. The gifts will operate because Jesus wants people to receive stuff. 
But you as the vessel, are you a consumer Christian? So what God wants us to do is everything out of love, everything out of the nature of His Spirit, so that our words aren't empty, my life isn't empty, and my gain isn't empty. I'm producing something because I'm connected to the vine. And what am I producing? I'm producing life. Ephesians 2.10 says, I have become Christ's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do what? To produce good works. To produce. To produce those good works. What are the good works? Anything and everything that Jesus would have you produce. But always motivated by the nature of God's love, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, control of self, kindness, Do you see, the nature of Christ has to be in everything we're producing because when the world bites into a Christian, it should taste like Jesus. You're flavored like Jesus. Someone squeezes you, Jesus juice should come out of you. So let's collect Christians and squeeze them and it's like... Rotten apple. No, we should be squeezed and we smell like Jesus. We bite into us and we taste like Jesus because there's love, joy, peace. This is holiness. This is holiness. This is what the church must produce in this hour because the world has gone nuts over consumerism. They have to buy, they have to spend. Did you notice we don't have any parks anymore to take our kids? We don't have anywhere to take kids to play. We don't play anymore, we shop. Our entertainment is to shop. Our entertainment is consumerism. So get online and buy another thing. Man, I fall into that easy. How many of you? Right? I remember Bob Black. He used to attend here. It cracked me up. He was sick and he, he has, had, had a really, uh, I forget what his problem was, but he, he had to take pain medication. And, and every morning he'd wake up and, and look online and, and get his, look at his email receipts. Through the night he went online shopping while he was taking his medications. <laughs> he kept buying stuff. His wife said, give me the credit card. <laughs> but we don't need medication. It's self-medicating. Our entertainment is to shop, is to buy, is to consume, is to get more. Right? How many of you know that? I need bigger. I need better. Yeah, the computer I have now is two years old. I need the upgrade. I need the upgrade. I got to have the upgrade. My phone. I need an upgrade. I need an upgrade. I need a new phone. I need this. I need an upgrade, right? That's the next level of consumerism. You don't need a new one. You just need the upgrade. You can attach the upgrade. Do you have the upgrade? We need an upgrade. People are talking about church this way. Uh, I've had some people tell me, you know what? You know, the the traditional church is dead. We need an upgrade. We need an upgrade. How about we do what it says in here and get it right on the first one and we don't need an upgrade? What we need to get rid of is the consumer mentality and we begin producing holiness. Holiness is the presence of God's love. How many of you have been praying for an outpouring of holiness? Nah, you've been praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because you're a consumer. Can I be really honest with you? You're praying for an outpouring. We're praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit because we need to be healed. We need to be delivered. We need all that, right? And that's a good thing and we want that from God, but it's ours already. 
But we keep praying for it to come. I want more. I want more. Even our songs sing like that. I need more of you. I need more of you. I want more of you. Come do more to me. And we're the object of that. When it's already here, you don't have more of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in you. We should be praying, release me. Release more. Release more. More holiness. More holiness. Come holiness. Could you imagine if holiness fell on us? We'd all have, uh, ladies would have their hair and skirts down to here, and we'd all have trim cuts. No, that's not holiness. Holiness poured out on us. We'd be like, there's love in this place. There's joy in this place. There's peace in this place. I feel good in this place because holiness is here where God dwells. It's a good place to be. When you walk into the room, holiness arrived. People don't run away from you. They flock to you. How do you have such peace? Where'd you get that peace from? You are a blast to be with. You've got joy dripping all over you. How is it you have joy? It's the holiness of God. That's holiness? I didn't think that was holiness. You're not wearing a collar. Why are you so patient with me? People have never been this patient with me and with my sin. That's the holiness of God. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. He's good. Why would you do that? I freaked a guy out yesterday. I was in line behind him at the uh, hardware store. And uh, he, he paid for his stuff, and I paid for my stuff, and I looked on the ground, and there's a $20 bill laying there. And the lady gave me my chance. I go, oh my gosh. I picked up the 20. I said, I got to go get that guy. He must have dropped a 20. And so I ran out there, and the guy's driving out. I said, hey, 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 hey. I said, dude, did you drop a 20? He goes, oh my gosh, yeah, I just got paid. Someone paid me that 20. And he didn't know what to do. It's like, why did you do that? I could have pocketed that, and no one would have known the difference. But because of holiness, the goodness of God, and that guy needed that 20 bucks. There's no feeling like no, and I just paid him twice. He just got a second paycheck. This one was from God. Because he had a 20, and he lost the 20, and now he got his 20 back, right? This is not, I'm not saying this for me. I'm saying it because that's good. That's holiness. Holiness is joy. Holiness is great. When you give the attributes of God and produce the attributes of God, it's just so good. Consumer Christianity, all consumer Christianity produces is wood, hay, and stubble in its residue. Because we've eaten all the good stuff from it. All it leaves behind is wood, hay, and stubble. But when we produce, produce the life of Christ, we're producing gold, silver, and precious stones unto Christ. We're lavishing Jesus with the jewels of a good work that he created us for. You were created to produce, subdue. Now, we know that there's a decomposer. Decomposers, again, like things failing and falling apart. A lot of times, hurt and wounded people can turn into decomposers. Because they're hurt and they want someone else to hurt. Or they didn't like something and their consumption didn't get it and so now they turn into a decomposer because they want more. Paul said, mark those who cause division. Right? So there's even decomposing Christians. Now, you know how to overcome a decomposer? Produce life. Produce life. Produce life. You know what? Use decomposers as, uh, uh, what do you call that stuff uh, that you 
Compost. <laughs> Compost. If you're a decomposer here, you're just decomposing, you're hurt, you're wounded, you're really upset, and things are rotten and falling apart. I pray blessing on you. I want to be kind and patient and gentle with you. I want to see God's life flow back into your life. You might know a decomposer right now. Don't give up on them. Don't kick them aside. Go for them. Begin to produce life. Now, God called us to be producers. Matthew 10.39 says this, Whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life, what? Will find it. Find what? Life and life abundantly. Simple message. Are you a consumer or are you a producer? Evaluate your walk. You may have realized I've been a consuming Christian too long. I've been wanting to feed me, feed me, feed me. It's time for me to produce, to produce, produce. And it's really simple. Today, if you have an opportunity to show love, to show goodness, to show faithfulness, to show patience, to show self-control, right? If you have an opportunity to show any of the nine fruit of the Spirit, and they all work together wonderfully, you are producing something. You're producing. Some of your households are built on consumerism. I would encourage you, it's going to change your life if you build your house on producing. Giving away, giving away, giving, giving, giving. It is more blessed to give than receive. There it is. There's the law right there. Consumerism or produce. Consumer or produce. Lose your life. It's not about you. What happens is this. Here's the key difference. A consumer is always trying to pull in to be pleased, always trying to feed. A producer is always releasing. If I release love, what will I feel? Love. If I release kindness, what will I feel? If I release gentleness, what am I experiencing? Do you see it's flowing out of me? And the producer benefits from all that's being produced. And it's flowing out of us. The consumer empties out and he needs more love. So he consumes and then he needs it again. And he consumes and then he needs it again. And he consumes. But the one who flows and produces the life of God out of them experiences that life and gives it to a dying world. Are we producers? I'm sorry. I faded away. Were you here? One more time? Okay, thank you. I know, it was, it was a quick. Are we producers? Yeah. I know, because you were scared. You didn't want to answer wrong. You were like, what did he just say? <laughs> it's all right. Are we producers? Yeah. I want to ask this one thing. Amen, you can shut the tape off. Okay. <laughs> if there's